Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of Rebooking with DK King. I'm DK King here with a brand new episode, Rebooking the Great American Bash 2004. Our previous show was Bad Blood 2004, which a show that had Triple H versus Shawn Michaels headlining and inside a Hell in a Cell match to conclude their epic rivalry. While today, I'm going to be rebooking the Great American Bash 2004, a show that had Eddie Guerrero versus JBL in a Texas Bull Rope match, and The Undertaker versus the Dudley Boys in a Concrete Crip match. Yes, that was a match that definitely happened. A match that had freaking Paul Bearer basically halfway buried in cement, and if Taker won, he gets set free. But if the Dudley Boys won, Paul Bearer would be buried in concrete. Yes, that was a real thing that happened in 2004. <laughs> but yeah, Great American Bash 2004. This was, of course, a, originally a WCW pay-per-view. I'm pretty sure a lot of people remember the Great American Bash. WWE had rights to it when they bought WCW, and now they're bringing it back as an exclusive pay-per-view to WWE. And the show, it was pretty bad. <laughs> well, to be honest, all of the Great American Show. All the Great American Bash shows that WWE did were pretty bad. 2004, 2005, 2006. Try to see if 2000, 2007 was bad too. They had a couple of good matches, but still a bad show. And then they changed it to The Bash in 2008, which was a much better show. And as well as 2009, they had The Bash. Now they don't really do it anymore. They brought it back for NXT, the Great American Bash, where Keith Lee won. Uh, unified the North American and the NXT Championship, so yeah. Yeah, that's the history of Great American Bash as far as WWE goes. It didn't really have the best outing in regards to WWE. Though, especially a lot of people who grew up watching the pay-per-view or were WCW fans growing up, you know, they probably looked at that and was like, ugh, look what they're doing to our show. And I completely understand why they felt that way. I mean... This Great American Bash card, you know, it took place in Norfolk, Virginia, in front of 6,500 people. The um, tagline is Join the Party, which had Tory Wilson on the freaking poster. And it was also, they aired it for the Armed Forces for free, which that was a good thing to come out of it. But yeah, the show had Cena versus Rene Dupree versus Booker T versus RVD in a fatal four-way match for the United States title, which Cena won. You had Kenzo Suzuki versus Billy Gunn. <sighs> Kenzo won. You had Luke Durangs defeating Charlie Haas. Yeah, Rey Mysterio beating Chavo Guerrero, which was a good match, which went about almost 20 minutes. You had Mordecai versus Hardcore Holly. You had Sable versus Tori Wilson. Of course, I said the Texas Bull Rope match between JBL and Eddie Guerrero, and then the Handicap Concrete Crip match between The Undertaker and the Dudley Boys. Yeah, definitely <laughs> looking down this car, you were like, what the fuck was they thinking? But as I said in the last SmackDown pay per view episode that I rebooked, Judgment Day. SmackDown was going through a huge transition at this point. You know, Brock Lesnar left the company. The guy that they built SmackDown around the past two years. Benoit was over on Raw now since he won the Rumble and challenged for the heavyweight title. You know, Kurt Angle's hurt. 
Big Show's hurt. The Rock isn't, you know, in WWE wrestling anymore. He's at this point he's in Hollywood. So SmackDown is going through a huge transition at this point. And yes, you still have Undertaker, Eddie Guerrero, Rey Mysterio, John Cena, RVD. They didn't really have any top heels. Like when Booker T moved over to SmackDown, they had to turn him heel because they didn't have any top level heels. I mean, I guess you have, they had to build up JBL as a top heel because other than that, they didn't have no heels. It was pretty much all baby faces. Even the Dudley boys when they came over were baby faces. So, yeah, they really had to build up some heels, which is why you see guys like um, JBL in the main event and trying to build up guys like Kenzo Suzuki and Rene Dupree cause, and Luke Reigns because they didn't have really any other choice. They kind of had to build, you know, new stars on their own, which is a great thing to do in order to build stars on your own. But at this point, it was more of a necessity as opposed to like, you know, preparing for the future. So, yeah, which is actually pretty fun as far as rebooking wise, because it gives you more of a challenge to see like, okay, what I'm going to do here with this limited roster, and especially on the hill side of things, they really, really did have limited roster. And, you know, especially on compared to Raw, you know, Raw had a lot more established names. You had Evolution comprising of Triple H, Ric Flair, Batista, and Randy Orton. Batista and Randy Orton, who were on the rise to main event stardom, which which on SmackDown side, Cena was too. But on SmackDown, you got Orton and Batista. You also had guys like Jericho, Benoit, HBK, Kane, Christian, and all these other guys, as well as Edge moving over during the draft. So SmackDown was really, really struggling as far as, like, talent-wise, whereas Raw was really, really, you know, stacked. You know, not to mention that women's division. As far as, like, top-level talent. Like, SmackDown had talent, but, you know, this was Eddie Guerrero's first one as champion. He really wasn't an established main eventer. Although he was an established singles talent, he was an established main eventer. You know, he still had to prove himself to not only corporate, but even to some fans. You know, WWE is the land of giants. And you have this, you know, 5'10", you know, 200-pound guy, you know, who beat Brock Lesnar to become WWE champion. Like, he really had to, you know, prove himself, you know, to be WWE champion. And then he also had to, you know, struggle with the fact that he doesn't really have any top heels to work with so he kind of had to help build a star in JBL during his feud so Eddie had his work cut out for him you know you know he was already underdog but he also had to help get this new top heel over so Eddie really really had to face a lot of odds during this time period I feel like a lot of people don't really think about you know that type of stuff when they want to either rebook or when they go back and look at this stuff like you got to take things into account, like injuries and, you know, you know, and all this other type of stuff during the time. You know, SmackDown was really struggling. And, you know, they have to really rebuild a lot of stars. So, yeah, enough with that backstory. Okay, I have rebooked the show, which, rebooking this, I have seven matches here. In the opening match, I have Rob Van Dam versus Charlie Haas. And 
you know, I feel like this could have been a really good match on pay-per-view. You know, Charlie Haas is a guy who I probably would have built as a singles guy. Like, they teamed him up with Rico originally during this time, which, I mean, I like their team because I feel like Rico was a pretty entertaining guy. We know Charlie Haas is a good worker. Rico is hella underrated, by the way. But, yeah, like, Charlie Haas was the guy, he was teaming up with Sean Benjamin, you know, his partner, you know, his former partner, Shelton, you know, on Raw, you know, he's facing guys like Triple H and Randy Orton, and he's teaming them with guys like Shawn Michaels and Benoit, you know, on Raw on a regular basis, you know, so then you got Charlie Haas teaming with Rico, so it's like, <laughs> yeah, Shelton, who's blossoming on Raw, and Charlie Haas, who's just kind of there, so I kind of wanted to get Charlie Haas, you know, some more high-profile matches. In the last Judgment Day pay-per-view that I rebooked, I rebooked him to have a match with Cena for the U.S. title, which he lost. But, you know, him being in that match kind of raises the stakes a little bit. So I feel like put him with another, you know, top-level babyface like RVD. You know, I feel like they could have had a good match. You give them, I don't know, like 10, 12 minutes, they could have had a solid match. And I'll have RVD going over here in the opening match. You know, have, you know, the show open up, you know, with the crowd being happy with RVD winning here. In the second match, I have a fatal four-way match for the Cruiserweight Championship. I have Chavo Guerrero versus Jamie Noble versus Billy Kidman versus Paul London. In a fatal four-way elimination match, which on paper actually sounds like a really, really good match. I know, like, the Cruiserweight division at WWE wasn't really treated good. You no, know, it was that was kind of treated um I don't really know like how to describe it. Like they were treated really bad. Like aside from like Rey Mysterio and Chavo Guerrero who was booked you know well in the division, everybody else it was kind of treated like an afterthought. Kind of like a oh well here's the cruise weights. Like nobody really cared about them. But you had a lot of great wrestler a lot of great wrestlers here. Chavo Guerrero, Paul London, Billy Kidman, Jamie Noble, and put these four in a fatal four-way elimination match, they would tear the house down. Give them about 15 minutes, and they will have an excellent match. These are four high-class workers. And I will have Chavo go over here retaining the title. You know, I would have first, you know, Jamie Noble being eliminated by Paul London with the 450 splash. Second, I would have Billy Kidman also eliminated by Paul London. But by roll-up, I would kind of do this kind of to help establish London as a more of a singles talent. You know, during this time, he was actually teaming with Billy Kidman. But here, I'm going to try to push him as like a singles guy in the cruiserweight division. And I felt like booking him to look really good in this match, eliminating both Kidman and Noble would, you know, make him look really good. And, of course, Chavo would get the win. He would beat, you know, Paul London with the gory special, which... You know, Paul London doing a lot of work in this match, eliminating two guys, and Chavo, you know, picking up the scraps, eliminating, you know, Paul London and winning the match. I feel like would have got Chavo over even more as a heel, but also help establish London as even more of a, a a baby face here. And hopefully continue the feud between London and Chavo. And then in the third match, I will have Booker T versus Rey Mysterio. You know, at the last pay-per-view, I had Booker T face RVD. And so, this time, I have him face Rey Mysterio here. I want to help establish Booker T as a more top heel. 
No, coming over Raw, he was a babyface, but then his first night on SmackDown, he cut a heel promo, basically saying that SmackDown was the B show, Raw's A show, you know, that stuff, and that he's better than everybody on SmackDown. And so, you know, I would have him go through guys like Hardcore Holly, Billy Gunn, and then he's going to face here, you know, Rey Mysterio on pay-per-view. I feel like this will be, you know, a pretty good match here. They actually faced each other at the Great American Bash pay-per-view two years later for the World Heavyweight title. But I will have these guys face here. You know, give them about 12 to 15 minutes. They'll have a really good match. So these are two really great workers. We know, you know, how awesome Rey Mysterio is. Booker T is one of the most entertaining and most underrated wrestlers of all time. So, yeah, I will have Booker T go over there. And then afterwards, I will have the United States Championship match between John Cena and Rene Dupree for the United States title. This is a match that originally took place at the Judgment Day pay-per-view. But I decided it made more sense for the Great American Bash because, you know, this is a pay-per-view celebrating patriotism. So what better way than to have the all-American babyface John Cena retaining his United States Championship against the foreign heel, Rene Dupree. For what they did, they had a solid match. You no, know, considering the two guys involved, John Cena, who's, you know, he's he's not necessarily green, but, you know, he's still a young guy. He still has, you know, a lot of work in-ring-wise in to, you know, learn. So I feel like him having a match with Rene Dupree and the match that they had at Judgment Day was actually a solid match. So I basically have them have this match here at the Great American Bash, have Cena go over here retain the U.S. title. Have them looking strong, damn it. Also build them to a, you know, a future U.S. title feud with, you know, maybe Booker T, JBL. I already have a book, but just teasing you guys going forward. And the match after that, I will have The Undertaker taking on the Dudley Boys in a handicap match. None of the, none of the concrete crypt bullshit, though. Because that was stupid, burying somebody in the cement. Come on, like who's gonna buy that shit? So yeah, like we have the Dudley Boys here who are heels. You know, at the at the Judgment Day pay per view, I had them beat the you know, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati to become tag team champions. And so I would continue, you know, kind of building them up as like top heels. I would have them aligned with Paul Heyman, which they did around this point. They were aligned with Paul Heyman. He's actually the reason they turned heel. Because Heyman actually, you know, accused them of going soft. So basically, you know, Dudley Boy said, well, we'll show you soft. And they basically start beating up on RVD. And then eventually starting to feud with The Undertaker. And I feel like this is, you know, a good, you know, high profile match to have on the pay-per-view. I would actually have the Dudley Boys win this match, though. Because I kind of was confused as to what I wanted to do. I actually wanted Taker to go over, but I felt like I wanted this feud to continue, and I feel like I didn't want the Dudley Boys to lose to Undertaker in two straight pay-per-views. So I decided to have them win this first matchup. You know, to make the Dudley Boys look like even more credible opponents to the Undertaker. I mean, they're already credible. They're the freaking Dudley Boys. But, like, to the dead man Undertaker, you know, we need somebody who we know can beat this guy. And this is kind of what, we would, what I would do here. I would have the Dudley Boys win this match here. And during this match, I would have the Dudley Boys basically like a duck 
Paul Bearer, you know, here. Like, instead of concrete stuff, they'll just abduct him and, you know, do something with him in the future, which I don't have to blow off to at SummerSlam. And the next match here, we're going to have Tory Wilson versus Sable in a bras and panties match. Yeah, I know, bras and panties, you know. But this is 2004 SmackDown, and, you know, these two blonde bombshells, Tory Wilson and Sable, I mean... I mean, realistically, what would you rather see? A bras and panties match between Tory Wilson and Sable? Or would you rather see, like, Hardcore Holly versus Mark Jinjak or something? I mean, come on now. Like, and I feel like this would be a good, you know, lighthearted match that would, you know, please the um, fans, you know, who love their TNA. Not TNA wrestling, but tits and asses. You know, give them, you know, five minutes or so. No, just like a light me up match before the main event. And of course, the main event, a match that I'm not going to change. But instead, this match will actually main event the show, which didn't in the original um, pay-per-view, which baffled me. The original pay-per-view had Taker and the Dudley Boys main event. But here I'm going to have Eddie and JBL in their Texas bull rope match for the WWE Championship main event this pay-per-view. Because this was a fantastic feud and a fantastic match. Now, this feud, in my opinion, is one of the most perfect feuds ever. And one of the most underrated feuds ever. Now, when I say perfect, like a lot of people are going to hear that and be like, what do you mean by perfect? Well, these two characters are like polar opposites of each other. You know, JBL's is big Texas blowhard with the cowboy hat. He's rich. He has the limo with the bull horns on it. You know, he's talking down on Eddie Guerrero and other, you know, Latino, you know, Americans and other Hispanics. And then you got Eddie Guerrero, the, you know, Latino underdog who lives by the mantra Latin and stealing. Like these two are polar opposites of each other. So character wise, they're perfect, you know, rivals for each other. Also, they had great chemistry in ring, and they had great matches with each other. You know, they told great stories. You know, JBL came across like a great heel, and Guerrero as a great baby face. You know, the build-up was fantastic with JBL freaking chasing the people at the border. You know, the promos building up to it. You know, when he touched Eddie Guerrero's mom and gave her a heart attack, you know, during one of the live events in El Paso, I believe it was. And not to mention, you know, the fact that, you know, Eddie Guerrero made JBL star. Like, you can say like, Eddie Guerrero was the reason that JBL became the big star that he did. Like, if you would have put JBL in his first major feud against, I don't know, Parkour Holly or something, he wouldn't have gotten over as much as he did. But the fact that he feuded with somebody who was a perfect rival for him, but also somebody that can make him look really, really good. That really, really helped make JBL into the main event guy and the legend that he is now. Like, JBL, like, he was in the company for a good while. Like, he was there since 96 or 95, I believe. Maybe 95, but I believe it was 96. So, at this point, he had been there eight years. You know, he was Justin Hawk Bradshaw. He was with the new Black Jacks. You know, of course, he was, you know, teaming with, you know, Ron Simmons as the APA. But before they became the APA, they were part of Ministry of Darkness. So 
he kind of had, you know, long run with the company, but he wasn't an established singles guy. And even when they tried to push him as a singles guy, he didn't really, you know, click. So this was really like JBL's, you know, I don't want to say his last try. Because, you know, who knows, they probably could have still tried to push him again. But, you know, at this point, you know, eight years in and, you know, you have failed singles run. Your only successful run was teaming with Ron Simmons. So at this point, they, you know, digging at the bottom of the barrel. So they're like, well, fuck it, let's try to make, you know, John Bradshaw Layfield, you know, a main event guy. And so, like I said at the beginning of the show, they kind of had to, you know, make a top hill at this point. Kurt Angle's hurt, Big Show's hurt, Eddie needs a dance partner. So put him with a guy like JBL, and they had a fantastic match, a bloody match, you know, a Texas Bull Rope match, which in WWE, they haven't really done a good job at, like, whether it's a Texas Bull Rope match, a chain match, or a strap match, like, a lot of these matches that they had, that kind of was kind of the same gimmick. But with a different, I guess, you know, weapon, whether it was the bull rope, a chain, or strap, like, they were always like a miss. Like, they didn't really, you know, it wasn't really that good. Like, they tried with Cena and Rusev and a Russian chain. You know, you had many strap matches. So, and you also had a few bull rope matches as well. But this was probably the best you know, bull rope match that WWE had produced. Like, this match was fantastic, you know. They were both bloodied, you know. Eddie Guerrero played a great underdog. And, of course, the finish to this match, you know. At the end, like, Eddie's touching all the things. And then, at the end, like, he actually touches it. But, at the same time, JBL back hit it. So JBL technically won the match because his back hit the, you know, the ring post, you know, first. And you know the rules to these match to this match. You know you gotta touch all four corners to win the match. So as Eddie Guerrero was going around, you know, touching each corner, JBL was also touching him. And then when he goes for the last one, JBL's back actually hit the corner first, therefore declaring JBL the winner. Like that, and that was Eddie won at first, but then. Referee reversed the decision because they found out JBL actually touched it. So JBL was declared the winner and declared the new WWE champion in the original matchup. But here I'm going to actually have Eddie Guerrero retain the title because I want Eddie Guerrero to go into SummerSlam as champion. And don't worry about JBL. JBL is still, you know, a top level heel. Like these past two pay per views, I had a book. You know, Eddie Guerrero would help establish him as a top heel, which it wasn't the fact that he won the WWE Championship that established him as a top heel. I mean, yeah, that put him even more over the top, but by being just this feud with Eddie in general helped establish him as a top heel because he really, really, you know, did a fantastic job in this role. And Eddie was the perfect, you know, dancing partner for him. Like I said, like, you put him with anybody else, I don't think it would have worked as well as it did. But having him feud, his first major feud be with Eddie Guerrero for the WWE Championship was a perfect decision, in my opinion. Like, at the time, of course, you know, you probably could have said, well, how come you didn't put Booker T in that spot? Or RVD, or blah, blah, blah. Well, 
you know, SmackDown wanted to create a new top heel, and those guys were baby faces. I mean, yeah, they turned Booker T heel, but you know, you probably want Booker T working, you know, other top baby faces like Taker, RVD, Ray, etc. Like, you're gonna need another top heel to, you know, face Eddie Guerrero, you know, for these three pay per views. You know, you got Judgment Day, Great American Bash, and SummerSlam, you know. During those three periods, you know, they kind of have to build guys up. You know, Kurt Angle was hurt. Uh, he did come back at, you know, SummerSlam to wrestle Eddie Guerrero. But, like I said, you know, you still had, what, between March and, I would say, August. March and August. Okay, so that's five months. So, you pretty much have five months without Kurt Angle and Big Show. So, you really need a top heel to step up to be in that position. Well, you need multiple top heels, you know. Turn Booker T heel, you turn the Dudley's heel, but you're going to need, you know, another top heel because, like I said, the baby faces on this on SmackDown roster, you know, you have Cena, you have RVD, you have Ray, you have Taker, you have Eddie. That's five top baby faces. Like, you need some more top heels than just Booker T and the Dudley boys. Like, you need to build up some guys. Like, who is he going to face? Renee Dupree? Mark Jindrak? I mean... So you kind of have to, you know, look at, you know, all these guys and say, okay, who are we going to build as like a uh, top heel here to face, you know, all these top baby faces? And out of the bunch, JBL was the best option. So I remember JBL, they made a few with Eddie Guerrero, and it worked, and it clicked. And it helped JBL become a big star. So, yeah, that's the Great American Bash show that I rebooked. I had RVD defeating Charlie Haas. I have Travel Guerrero defeating Jamie Noble, Paul London, and Billy Kidman in a fatal four-way elimination match. I have Booker T defeating Rey Mysterio. I have John Cena defeating Rene Dupree for the United States Champion. You have Taker, Undertaker vs. the Dudley Boys with the Dudley Boys going over. I had Tori defeating Sable in a bras and panties match. And then, of course, Eddie Guerrero defeating JBL in a Texas Bull Row match to retain the WWE Championship. That's how I rebooked this pay-per-view. Though, know, I look at it, I'm actually pretty proud of this. Like, this is a show that I would actually watch. Like, RVD versus Charlie Haas, I feel like, would have been, you know, a solid matchup. You know... Of course, the Fatal Four at Cruiseway match between Chavo, Jamie Noble, Billy Kim in London that I have rebooked. Like I feel like those four are top, oh, you know, top-notch workers, and they could have had a killer matchup given a lot of time. And of course, you know, Booker T and Ray, two Hall of Famers. You know what can go wrong there? You know, Eddie versus JBL. I already talked about that match enough. So yeah, like. On paper, I would actually watch this match. And, of course, I'm taking it the Dudleys. I don't know how the match would be, but, you know, it's the Dudley boys and Undertaker. I'm going to want to watch regardless just because of those guys. You know, Cena and Rene Dupree, you know, it would have been a good win for Cena on pay-per-view. And it would have been probably a little fun match. And then a bras and panties match. Like I said, you know, a lighthearted match. You know, it's not going to be a technical masterpiece, but this is SmackDown 2004. You know, the women on the SmackDown roster weren't really wrestlers. They were more so the bikini models that they kind of wanted for their tits and asses on TV, you know, to pop the crowd or to get the horny people at home to tune in. So, yeah, on paper, this is actually a solid show that I have rebooked. 
and I'm actually pretty proud of it. Out of all the shows I've rebooked so far, this is probably the one that I enjoyed rebooking so far. That is until SummerSlam, of course. Which you guys are gonna be in for a treat when I get there. But the next pay-per-view is actually gonna be Vengeance 2004 that I'm gonna rebook. Probably either sometime later this week, maybe Wednesday or Thursday, maybe. Or probably wait till next Sunday again. Who knows? Depends on my work schedule. But yeah, next pay-per-view, Vengeance 2004, a show that originally had Triple H versus Chris Benoit in the main event for the World Heavyweight title. See how I will rebook that show on the very next episode. And guys, thank you for you know, listening to this podcast. If you guys have any criticisms or what else or how you would have booked things differently, let me know. You know, message me or whatever. You know, just let me know what you guys think. And I will see you guys next time. Thank you.